0: Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again with another episode of the NOLCast. All right, Bud, been a little while since we've uh, been able to do this. Going to give a real quick kind of final look back at signing day, as I believe that was the last time you and I uh, were fortunate enough to talk, uh, had some transfer news as far as outbound, uh, maybe some ideas what what some inbound prospects might be, and then uh, always going to talk on what may be remaining here for the uh, more traditional signing day period that comes in February. So we'll thank our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana, three simple ingredients, one fantastic product, title sponsor, of the NOLCast. And with that, we'll dive straight
1: into it. Let's do it, man. Glad to be back behind the mic with you and uh, closing out signing day. I, I guess the first thing we need to discuss is the last thing that we left off the last podcast with, which was Florida State landing the commitment from Malik McLean, the four-star, uh, one of the highest rated players in their class receiver out of IMG from Daphne, Alabama. Um, gotta say that's, uh, that's good news. We, we took a little bit of heat on social media and whatnot, but that's social media kind of not, not real life, uh, about saying that FSU still had a shot with him when, when we signed off on Wednesday night and that FSU, our service FSU sources weren't thinking that that thing was over. And, uh, they could have been wrong. They could have just been blowing smoke, but they they were pretty honest about hey, if uh, if Quay Davis gets offered, it's probably over for that. Um, and ultimately, we we saw FSU come away with the split. We 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 kind of postulated that Quay Davis had already signed <laughs> with old Miss on Wednesday, and comes out Thursday. Yeah, he actually did sign on Wednesday, and that, and that thing was officially over. And and FSU managed to to uh, land the commitment of McClain. Big time receiver. You can go back to the episode that we, that we discussed him on, I believe over the summer when FSU landed him. He's one of the kids I actually got a chance to see this year, uh, in person. So kind of rare. <laughs> right? Didn't didn't make it out to that many high school games this year because the, the policies and the COVID stuff was was pretty arduous, but understandable for a big corporation. Um I mean, big kid, decent speed for for a long strider, can go up and get the football. And, and really, I, I think just kind of scratching the 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 surface of his potential. So a major get for FSU there at a position that is uh, that is a really kind of a dire need for them at this point. Yeah, a massive get. I mean, we talked uh, on signing day that uh,
0: that even depending on who you talk to, they were pretty starting to feel pretty confident uh, about McLean. And uh, I feel more comfortable, I guess, speaking in kind of large praise uh, about him because I, I said more or less the same thing uh, when he decommitted, and that was—I don't care if this kid's a three-four, three-star, four-star, whatever. I mean, he's one of the few people in this class that's got the physical body to be a, a, a difference maker. Uh, and McLean is a, you know, a, a raw product that will have to be developed over time. But a lot of excitement here. Had a had a strong senior season. Uh, reason for optimism as to what the overall upside is, and a, a nice recruiting win. And you know, for. a Class that doesn't have a whole lot of high points, so losing a kid and then getting him back uh, signing day or or two days after is uh, is a nice one. So Malik McLean in the class and with that kind of put an official book in on the uh, initial signing window. Yeah, so
1: they ended up signing 16 high school players in the initial window. Uh, Kimo Macanole did not sign. We'll see if uh, if, we'll see how long Florida State does the dance with him. I'm this is not anything official. I'm just not convinced that they're willing to see that thing in the distance if somebody else from the portal uh, comes available. Just to remind our listeners, uh, transfers do count against your incoming cap of 25. FSU we believe has a, a back count of one, so they can take 25 plus one, meaning 26. Uh, and they already have McKenzie Milton, so that's 16 plus one is 17. And new transfer uh, Jarquez McKillion is actually, uh, well, he's number 18. So, I guess we should probably talk about him.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this is a nice uh, pickup, the uh, uh, kid out at of a, at a Arkansas uh, that you're referencing there. And I realize that, um, you know, he's, just because Bud and I don't sit here and talk about this kid as somebody that we think is going to be a, you know, second team All-ACC his first year in, it gives you... A decent idea, you know. I mean, a two-year starter, and I realize uh, he's kind of an average uh, player in the SEC. But still, you get a two-year SEC starter uh, from the state of Florida in an area where you desperately need numbers and numbers that you have some degree of confidence uh, that can, you know, give you give you a quality standard of play. Uh, You're losing who was probably your best player on the team at this position. Uh, You had two guys that. I mean, I don't think it's overly critical to say that Dent had a, a pretty disappointing year and you didn't see any kind of growth there. And, uh, the kid out of miss state had his moments, but also, uh, was a point of frustration. So, uh, between Jones and Dent, you've got some work to do. And, uh, McClellan certainly helps to, uh, to bolster the overall level of play in the room, if nothing else. So
1: something that you said there, I think is, is worth examining, right? And, and that's, He's a competent, experienced football player. Now, if you're Georgia or if you're a school that is looking to compete for a conference or national title, you don't take Jarkes most likely. I don't know who Florida State beat out for them or for him, but to me, the way I read the situation is that they were absolutely waiting for him to jump in the portal. It's somebody who they recognized was from from Florida. He could come home and, and potentially help out this team and like we saw with a lot of, you know, a lot of these things, how they went down last year, a lot of these dudes who jump in the portal, they, they kind of already know where they want to go. Now, sometimes you think you might want to go to Florida and you end up at NC State because Florida doesn't take you. That happens. But for the most part, like the kids who have decent advice and, and have a good head on their shoulders, they, they generally have an option or two and, and these things move fairly quickly. It's not everybody. Some of them are are really just... Exploring their options. Um, but still, I, I think this is a, a good example of something we've been talking about for about three months now. And that is Florida State can have a successful season in the portal without getting good players. Now, let me kind of square that notion here. I know you're going, you know where I'm going with this because we talk on the phone every day. But for those of you who don't talk to me on the phone every day or talk to Ingram on the phone every day, what I'm saying here is there are some positions Where you are going to be upgraded or shored up uh, simply by getting a decent, average, competent, knows how to play within a scheme, knows how to to work out, show up to meetings, give effort, college football player. I think that's what they got in Jarquez. We'll see if they got more. Right, His grades on on PFF are not good. I don't think he's somebody who's like an obvious big-time NFL prospect. I mean, it, it. He was an opt-out, so we'll, we'll see how much he ends up doing for them. Uh, but when I asked over there, I was like, "So this guy, somebody you had an eye on?" They're like, "Yeah, like we we knew we had to fill a spot with with Asante leaving, and we, we think he can help us." The thing is, help us doesn't mean superstar or even good player. Just average ACC players going to elevate this roster at some spots. So uh, yeah, they went ahead and used. One of their one of their ten spots that they have for transfers on on a corner. My guess is that means they're probably done at DB.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. And what we talked about as far as look, you just got <clears> to, <throat> you know, we've talked about you're you're not in a place right now to get the marquee transfer uh, to get you know the guys that uh, are necessarily going to mean the difference in in winning games. I would say are uh, are single handedly going to help you win a game. What, what you can get is kind of fill holes and not let there be a deep kind of void uh, in your roster and and talent void. Let me just, I'm not trying to be negative here, but it, it will be interesting to see what happens in the defensive end position. But I mean, because you're, you're probably going to lose another kid to the draft here in Kendo. Doe. Uh, J-Rob declares that was a kid who maybe as recently as three weeks ago, Florida State had a decent Idea, or well, I don't want to say idea. There was a decent degree of confidence that you might get that kid back. You don't. You desperately need help at defensive end. You're probably going to take some kids in the portal. Um, you may take two that don't necessarily have great PFF grades. Doesn't mean they're not otherwise a solid add to a roster that desperately needs some help as you kind of try to fill in gaps here, uh, even with
1: all the work that you did at the high school level. No, I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, I, I, I think. I think we can read into this too, wh- where they feel like they need, you know, help, right? This is, this is something we, we do every week in the NFL. Like we see a guy's list and it's questionable. And we look to see, you know, we look to see who, um, who a, a team goes and picks up off the practice squad or, or, or who they sign, you know, off the street, so to speak, because then that kind of gives you an indication of what they really think. Like okay, this guy's just technically listed as questionable on in injury report, or he's like actually questionable and might not play this weekend. For a longer term strategy, this is an interesting thing. Like where FSU decides to use its its transfer spots, that's you know that, that's that's interesting right there. Um So yeah, I'm 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 pretty interesting about that or interested about that. Excuse me.
0: Yeah. So uh, you look at that. We talked about defensive end. Is it worth us just going through real quickly? Maybe not if we're even talking about individual kids. We're just talking about an idea as to, uh, you know, the numbers that they might spend on the position. It's just a, it's a different time. You know, I mean, this is a game changer when it comes to the subject matter of recruiting. And uh, you really do have a new wrinkle here. Um, Wide receivers obviously going to be another place they look at. uh, Let's see. Quarterback obviously has been addressed. Running back. You think they'd have interest in in a kid? I mean, I certainly would. Uh, they spend some names thrown around out there. Uh, I, I expect them to probably use one of those spots at running back if they feel this may be a place where they have a little bit of a higher higher filter uh, as far as what they're looking for. Um, but any any
1: names or ideas as to how they may address the running back position? Well, I, I honestly, I think they like what they have right there for the most part. It wouldn't shock me if they were to take a kid in the portal, but ultimately I I think they're pretty comfortable with with what they have going forward at, at running back. I mean you have you have you know you don't have Webb anymore, but you have you have Corbin, you have Toa Philly, Jakai Douglas has shown that he can play some running back. You actually got some carries out of, out, of, out of Corey Wren. Um you know we, we spoke it feels like forever ago about how Trayshawn Ward is actually probably a, a a decent back, you know, college level wise, and he's your what, fifth guy, I guess? Um, and, and you saw, you know, Sheffield as well to the extent that you want you want to play him. Um, I don't know that they need to go get a back for for this reason. Now, maybe they do. Maybe they feel like they want to go get a slash type guy or somebody who's really good catching the ball. But man, think about this. So, um, what kind of running back are you going to get to come in and run in this offense? Who's a like significant upgrade from Toa Philly Corbin? If the answer is I'm not gonna get i I'm not really gonna get an upgrade here, I'm just gonna get another depth piece. I I don't know. Like in what scenario Yeah You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I, I think this is one of the spots that
0: I, I, I may think they're a little bit more likely to take a kid than you are. Uh, but I do think that this is one of the spots where there's a, a little bit of a higher bar. This is not defensive end. Uh this is a, a place where I think they're a little bit more selective in the portal as they go through. And uh, if they if they find a number or if they find a kid that I think they're comfortable with, I think they'll use a the number here at running back, uh, but not necessarily, you know, somebody that they're going to going to force or or this has to be,
1: uh, you know, another another box that gets checked for them to be comfortable with the roster they have. Absolutely. I I, I mean, I, I saw Mark Anthony Richards you know, jumped in the portal. He was at Auburn. Uh, he's, he's a guy from South Florida. But, you know, he really hasn't done that much at, at Auburn. Um, like based on what I saw in high school, I liked him a whole lot. I saw him ball out for, you know, for a seven on 17. He catches the ball well at the backfield. It just, I, I think you have bigger holes in this roster to address. Uh, and so we'll see, we'll see if they, they do take one right now. I mean, they, they go into the year with, with, you know, five dudes plus, plus traditional awards, So, you know, basically six there. Um, I think that's probably okay. I don't know how many running backs you yeah. really want to carry.
0: Yeah, it, it will be interesting. Uh wide receiver is a spot where again, I I think they're gonna use a number you may or one of their numbers here you may uh disagree, certainly with some some scuttle if you want to use a term like that about the Andrew Parchment kid out of Kansas a little bit earlier. Um maybe some other names that pop up, but I think you've desperately got to uh to raise what you have here and you know, wide receiver is is at the top of their list when it comes to looking for kids in my opinion.
1: I I mean there's there's no disagreement here for me. Um I mean they you, you lose Terry, I, I don't expect Warren Thompson to be on this roster next year. Um, Jordan Young is is is, is really unproven. Ontario Wilson, you know, we'll we'll see he had balls hit hit off his face mask. Um I this is the spot actually I, you you already have, have you know Burrell and McLean. If they can go out and get two, maybe this is a spot that you burn one, one of your surplus ones at, in my opinion, just because you you need it. You, you, I think it was instructive that they went out and they went after Drew Estrada, the receiver, uh, because mm-hmm. they need somebody who has good practice habits, right? Like Tamari and Terry, good player, big-time ability, not good practice habits. The way he worked at practice was not what you wanted others to emulate. They need somebody to go out there who knows how to practice like a, a professional or a pseudo professional or at least an experienced college guy who, who can run routes, you know, get open and catch the ball. Um, not not a, a real real splashy guy, although uh, somebody who can do that would not be a terrible idea. Um, I know before the the uh, the, the pod you, you brought up a kid named uh, Andrew Parchment. So I'm are are you into him? I assume. I mean, I think it would be a good fit. I think that that would. You know,
0: that is a a guy who had a a little bit of a disappointing year, but previously looked like a a pretty proven commodity. That's, you know, like with a lot of these kids, you're looking at, you know, guys that are from Florida, kind of gone abroad and are potentially looking to, you know, come back and uh, in their year, return to their home state. So a kid out of Fort Lauderdale, 6 hundred ninety 190 pounds uh, i just think it would do an awful lot for this uh for this offense to find somebody like that and you know hopefully he finds the the
1: form of uh 19 that made him look a, a much more appealing player i mean that would be an interesting option there's always this kind of game where i think that they took jarquez at corner because they were worried about what else was going to come into the portal at corner personally. I, I think they said, okay, we have got to do something to lock that down, just to give us solid. We have guys on this team with a lot of upside, but their floor is very low. Like We, we need to go out and get some floor at this position. Um, Parchment's been in the portal for longer than, than, than Jarquez was, right? So that he hasn't popped to Florida State could speak to how much FSU is interested or it could speak to how much other schools are interested in him or his actual interest level in FSU. I mean, He's an inter- mm-hmm. interesting option if you take two, I think it makes more sense. If you take one, are you sure you want him to be the one? I I don't know, maybe, but I, I'm I'm not totally sold. I yeah. think they could do a little bit oh. better.
0: Okay, interesting to hear you say that. I, I do think you make a uh, you bring up a good point that uh, you know there are certainly going to be more positions with uh, broader options and uh, hell, I mean it's kind of fascinating to see the number of kids that have entered the portal and really the it's a smaller, smaller in number as to where they can go than I think most realize. So that'll be kind of interesting in and of itself, how, how this kind of sorts itself out as to where these kids land. And then at some point, like the song on the, on the old musical chairs is going to stop to some extent. Uh, So a wide receiver tight end. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, we've talked about the way that they view the tight end position, I don't necessarily think with what they did on signing day, that tight end will be something uh, that they look to address in the portal. Maybe if they get a a larger name, you can certainly let me know if you
1: you disagree there. Uh, Otherwise we'll move to the offensive line. I just don't see how how you could, I mean, how could, look, I don't think some of the tight ends on this roster are forced at caliber or even ACC caliber players. I mean, hell, you know, like Rector's basically a walk-on who's on scholarship. Uh, they're, right. they're getting Jordan no. Wilson back. Cam McDonald has already announced he's going to come back. They have, you know, I, I just they're they're bringing in two already. I I no, I I don't think there's any way you bring in a transfer tight end at this right. point.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, it's a, it's a scholarship issue. Yeah, you you put a kid on scholarship, and now you've got scholarships there. So um, all right, offensive line. Obviously, uh, you know, they did real well with, with what they got last year. Kind of a, an example of the fact that you don't have to go out and get, you know, somebody that, that you deem as a Transfer Portal superstar uh, to make a, a noticeable, you know, upgrade in the talent that you have and uh, what you can do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, there's not maybe as many names here that you can immediately associate. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, you've heard kids from, like, Maine and Holy Cross and stuff like that. Uh, offensive line is an area that I think you can kind of small school it a little bit more depending on, on who you're looking for and if they've got tape that Atkins, you know, particularly appreciates or skill set that he thinks uh, can translate. But I don't uh, – yeah, I think there was some talk of a Virginia Tech offensive line but at one point. I don't necessarily have anybody on the tip of my tongue as to what the resolution of the offensive
1: line might be. So I I think they should probably take two, especially if, if chemo doesn't sign, I I would, I would take two uh, and I would try to take two tackles and not, not with the expectation that I get two starters, but with the hope that I get one starter and then one guy who can can be a contributor. I, I think, tackle is absolutely a position that you have, you have to really try to hard to throw numbers at. Um, it's a position I, I don't think they feel great about. I mean, I, you know, Scott, I think they kind of feel is more of, of an interior guy, long-term Washington, the same way, both of them are, are listed at tackle, but I, I, I think they think of them as interior guys. I, I don't have any hope that you're going to get anything out of Chaz, Neal or, or Jalen Goss personally. I just, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, and they feel better about their interior guys for sure. Uh, my guess is Lloyd Willis is is another year away. I, I, I we we kind of thought when they signed it that he would be a, a sit two, and then maybe try to see the field year three type guy. Um, mm-hmm. And Thomas Schrader profiles as more of an interior guy. I I do think it's interesting. Like if we want to kind of read into the portal moves, do you do you take note that they didn't go after the kid from Arkansas State? Or the kid from Louisiana Monroe?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, and I was not clear exactly of what I was trying to say. Let me put it that way. I do think they'll be aggressive here. I don't think the names that they'll be aggressive with have necessarily presented themselves yet. I mean, I, I think you're going to see a decent amount of offensive linemen uh, in that, yeah, they talked to the Ivy League kid earlier. That didn't work out. Uh, but, yeah, both of the kids that were originally popped up seemed as though there was some interest. but ultimately not a real aggressive pursuit of either of them.
1: Oh, you, you mentioned the Ivy League kid. Um, so I do know that uh, they really liked that kid from Harvard that Auburn mm-hmm. uh, had committed, and but he's an interior guy. And now I feel like they are just going after tackles only because I, I checked around and it doesn't seem like they're going to be adding any sort of interior players, including him, even though Auburn now uh, had a, a change at coach. Okay. If nothing else, then we have a little
0: bit of uh, ability to narrow uh, the focus as to what Florida State ultimately pursues. Uh, we'll flip it over to the other side of the line. I mean, we already talked about defensive end some here, so uh, we'll be quick with it. The Northeastern kid, uh, the Ikiku uh, Leota, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Temple's also got a, a player that's been talked about. Uh, I don't know how much... Jermaine Johnson, a kid out of Georgia. I mean, that may be a little bit more of a, a higher-profile kid than than most of what Florida State uh, pursues at the uh, transfer portal. But you know, maybe maybe with two kids, ultimately two kids, we think are going to declare. And I don't know if you want to list Leonard Warner, who we'll get to in a second, as an end or a backer or whatever else. But he's in the pool uh, too now tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying you're gonna you're gonna be able to offer hell of a lot of playing time at this position. Uh, In my opinion, so maybe you can, you know, maybe you can reach, maybe you can be a little bit more aggressive and and sign a kid at a a level in the portal that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get to. But I expect him to be pretty aggressive and and active in pursuing defensive ends.
1: Yeah, they they really have to. I mean, at under Taggart, FSU was recruiting to um, to switch to a three four. Now now FSU's running a four three. That's a you know kind of an interesting changeover they have to try to make back, basically considering what they recruited to couple years ago um we'll see if they get anything out of mcclendon I'm not fully ready to give up on him yet but i'm I, my hopes are not super high right now question fuller uh i mean him running around against duke was if uh yeah. not good stuff man and we'll see you've if he's around
0: you've had some uh, i don't want to say misses here but some some things that you have some challenges whether it be fuller uh this is also the place where they did use a, a spot last year on that kid from uh Was it Deontay Williams, kid out of Baylor, that was just didn't contribute much to you at all? Uh, McClendon has been a little bit of a better player than I expected him to be, but still not somebody that you can feel comfortable about moving forward with. Um, Yeah, I mean they're they're going to have to be aggressive here, and you know this is an area that uh, Florida State needs to at least grab one name, Uh, maybe two players, but uh, but one. Name that you feel like bolsters
1: the position significantly, in my opinion. There's, there's no doubt. Um, I think you got to get two. Personally, I, I, I mm-hmm. do. Um, with, with them expecting Kendo to go pro, Janarius already announced it's going pro. Man, I just, I think you got to get two. Um, now, maybe somebody they they sign this year can contribute early for them. And even if that happens, i still going to say I think you got to get two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think no. you are okay on the interior, assuming that Robert Cooper comes back, which looks like he is. Uh, you know, Jackson gave you some good moments this year. We'll see. On the outside, though, especially because you know, is, is Griffiths going to have the kind of work habits that you need to to become a a good player for you? I, Curtis Fan, I think it's just ability limited, especially in, in this type of scheme. I don't think he can give you anything. Uh, so I, I think you need to go get two. You mentioned the kid out, out of uh, Northwestern. Um, we actually got a question on that. It looks like uh, some FSU coaches were following some of his relatives as well on Twitter. So, hey, fo- follow the follows to a certain extent, right? Although they have to basically follow everybody initially because they, they want to make contact just to see where where the kid's head is at. That's that's pretty standard practice. Um, but yeah, man, this is uh, uh, this is a position of big time need. I think, how do I say this? There are some positions that I think on the roster can be good positions by ACC standards next year. I think if you are successful in the portal, this position could be an average ACC position next year. If you are not successful in the portal, I think this could be like the worst position group defensive end-wise in the league next year, personally. Um, and that's with the idea that that maybe... Turner or, or Wilson can can give you something early on.
0: If it's a tackle, I don't see Florida State using uh, using any of its uh, slotted uh, allotment here. <clears throat> not, not with Line the transfer kid,
1: certainly. I mean, if they, right. they, they would yeah. take Malone absolutely Good point. out of yeah. Jersey.
0: And, and Malone is one of the kids that we have on the list uh, of high school kids that may still be out there. But uh, yeah, you're right. Malone would most certainly be a take. Uh, transfer portal, I don't expect him to be involved with interior linemen on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, linebacker, I think you might see maybe a uh, linebacker. I almost uh, you know look at it with running back, where if you get a good one, then maybe you take. But otherwise, I think Florida State's going to be um, – I would be surprised to see him use a number on a linebacker. Uh, defensive back, we already talked about. Safety, I think you might see again may if you do see a move, I think it's just going to have to be a pretty quality player. Uh, I don't know that they're necessarily dying to uh to pick up a safety. I do think they had the need at running back or excuse me at cornerback and immediately addressed it with the, the McClellan kid from arkansas
1: yeah I, I i think i I agree with you there um one thing on on the edge position. Is I I do think FSU has some connections with with Jermaine Johnson. Um, there's some potential here for for this to happen. Now, look, we know FSU is reaching out to basically every single guy in the portal at, at defensive end because so that they, that situation is is kind of dire. But Jermaine Johnson, I mean, he played for Dan Lanning at Georgia, and we know that uh, that Lanning and Coach Norvell are are fairly. Yeah, fairly close. Additionally, when he was at his JUCO, he had a lot of interest in Florida State. Now, Florida State kind of slow played him, if I recall, and they they you know weren't really in on him uh, as much as he was in on them, and they thought they were going to get somebody else who I for, I, I think they were they were uh, was that the year with with the kid out of uh, out of California, the five star, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like he knows about Florida State. I, I don't think this one is. Uh, is impossible, but obviously he's a guy who was productive for Georgia. Uh, I mean that's gonna that's gonna be a, a, an interesting gauge on where you can be in the portal because you you have some advantages as far as relationships, right? He knows about your school, but at the same time, he's probably better than what you can pull in most instances here at this position. Um, obviously, it's been reported Florida, Penn State. I believe Rusty Mansell, uh, of Georgia had that. So you we'll know, give Rusty credit on that, but I I don't think that thing is absolutely impossible, but I, I think you will see FSU reach out to a lot of defensive ends, uh, for sure. Cause they, they, in my opinion, they, they need to take two.
0: No, he'd be a massive kid. I mean, he would be one of the, one of the guys that we talk about that, uh, you know, would be a decent little injection of optimism and, uh, Ability to, uh, you know, at least have you field a adequate position group. So, uh, something to watch and obviously something that we will uh, try
1: to keep you, the listener, as up to date as possible on. Would, uh, at linebacker, this is an interesting discussion. If you want to have it though, right? Because on the one hand, they like the freshman linebackers they have to a certain extent in, uh, in, in Dix and, and Lundy. On the other hand, those guys can't cover a lick. They, they probably need to get somebody in there who can, who can cover. It wouldn't shock me if you actually use one of your transfer spots at, at linebacker. If, if you have somebody who can really move, maybe, maybe a guy who's a little bit lighter, not, not, not a striker, not quite as physical, but can actually you know, play coverage and, and, and be a dude who can move around in space. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh,
0: that will be interesting. I mean, I, I think they're probably going to bring back Rice as well. Uh, it'll oh, just if he wants to come back, I,
1: I can 100% confirm that they will take yeah. him back.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the scholarship numbers look like. But, yeah, you need a little bit of a diversification of ability. And to an extent, you did that with some of the kids that you signed um, you know, last Wednesday, but that is not necessarily uh, you know, the most <clears throat> confidence level to plug and play. Uh, is is maybe a little bit higher if you've got somebody with a proven track record.
1: So uh, anywhere else you want to touch on as we kind of would otherwise pivot away from the transfer portal? Not not particularly. So just, just wrapping this up. Um one quarterback, two receivers, two offensive tackles, two DNs, one backer and one corner gets you to nine. I think you're probably get like you have 16 guys high school signing right now. I think they'd probably like to take one more high school guy which will give you 17, 17 high school, 9 transfer, get you to 26, that's your number. Again, I'll read that off. One quarterback, two receivers, two tackles, two DNs, one backer, one corner. I'm not saying that's going to be exactly right, just based on who they're following, how quickly they seem to be acting on, on some of these dudes who jump into the portal, based on who's going pro and who's staying so far. Uh, I I think that's going to be fairly close to right, at, at least in, in an ideal world. Um, they can and should react to situations change, but ultimately, I think that's going to be fairly close. Cool.
0: Um. All right, bud. Yeah. Before we uh completely move away from the porter, we will talk about uh the Leonard Warner news, as we kind of referenced as we were going through that. Um. Nice kid. Somebody that I've heard nothing but positive things on from a uh individual perspective, as far as the type of player or, or excuse me, the type of person he is here out of the uh, Brookwood area. But uh, ultimately, you know, not a footballer, in my opinion, uh, wish him the best of luck wherever he lands. Um, just a, a guy whose skill set never really transferred over and a guy who um, in high school, I don't want to make him out to be, you know, parade all American or something like that, but a guy who just seemed to be a lot more fluid, have a little bit more explosiveness and uh, never really transferred over to the college
1: level for whatever reason. If there's a if there's an evaluation uh, takeaway from this, I, I think part of it could be um, reaction times. I, I think Leonard's a really smart dude and is going to do well in life, not in pro football, obviously. Uh, but his measurables testing wise were pretty good. Part of the issue he had, though, I think, was his reaction time—from recognition to actually reacting—and then, you know, making the decision to go uh, first step stuff was was not always the best when he had to react. Um, and so that's something I, I, I take away from that. It was, you know, kind of one of my only questions I had about him coming in, and ultimately, I think that was kind of an issue throughout his time in Tallahassee. We'll, we'll see if anybody picks him up. He's experienced. He's got size. He's just uh if you're a defense looking at Leonard Warner, you're gonna have to say, wait, why why were you not able to get on the field and stay on the field with that FSU defense? Of course the counter could be, well, that FSU defense was kind of a mess and they kept moving me around all these different spots and I, I just want to play linebacker or end or whatever the heck he wants to play for a full season. And I I wish good luck, man. I, I think he's you know he was not, to my understanding one of the problem guys. Some of these dudes who are transferring out, I, I, don't, I don't think are going to mind at all.
0: Um, let's see. Okay, so we've got uh, maybe just real quick overview of the 2022 class. Obviously, Hunter is somebody who's uh, named the broader fan base has uh, only become more familiar with uh, over the past week or so. Interesting to see Florida State have a commitment from a prospect like that. It will be very interesting to see how they go through the process of trying to hold on to him Uh, before we talk anymore 2022. uh, Bud. why don't we just remind our listeners as to the uh, wonderful partner that it has uh, that we have and are so fortunate to have uh, when it comes to the ability to to either uh, finance originally or refinance uh, your home as you go through the mortgage selection process.
1: 844-FSU-LOAN. You know the number call. Hit them up. And, uh, dude, are those packages going out? Because, like, we, we have so many e- emails coming in. This requires a pretty intricate system of, of tracking now.
0: Uh, we've been, we have been uh, we are, you know, perhaps you and I need to talk about buying stock in FedEx. I'll put it that way. We've been, uh, we've been shipping and certainly appreciate the uh, support that we've received from our broader uh, listener base, but just two guys that are great to work with, great Florida State fans, and ever so fortunate uh, for us to have them involved in the Nullcast there, in Shannon and Chad. Um, all right, so, uh, I mean, I don't know, bud. Uh, I, I'm interested to watch uh, this Hunter recruitment play out. Um, you know, a little bit of a unique experience with Florida State, uh, grabbing a, a prospect that's this highly regarded uh, in the recruiting process as early as they have. Uh, a kid that plays in a exceptionally talent-rich region uh, of, of the country and in, in, in Metro Atlanta in particular there in Gwinnett County, but not necessarily like a super blue blood high school football powerhouse either. Um, so uh, interesting to see how he, uh, you know, what he ultimately becomes as a, as a recruit certainly looks like he's going to be a top 15 recruit nationally, uh, regardless of position and a guy that is kind of doing it all on both sides of the ball right now. Uh, as he's leading Collins Hill through their uh,
1: playoff process, so he's a freak, and he's also a really smart player. I mean, they, like look, look at look at him, and if if you have access to his huddle, I mean, especially check that out. It's it's not only the physical stuff he does, but the the body control and the understanding of the game. Hunter is just. I was actually having this conversation with somebody the other day. And we're like, look, how many guys can you really say are actually like definitely better than him as recruits for the 2022 cycle? And I think the answer is like three. I mean, he, he may not just be top 15. I, I haven't seen everybody in the country yet. We're going to have more film emerge. And I mean, heck, we, we haven't seen these kids in, in summer camps, some of them since... Before they entered their sophomore year, and you know, a couple of them we were we were fortunate enough to see at, at, at the camp circuit level this you know this February March, but not not him. Um, I mean, he may not just be top fifteen; he might be like a top five player in the country. And he does seem to have that uh, that belief and desire to be a Seminole and to elevate the program with his play, and, and not not follow the crowd and. Lord, do they need that? Um, That is just that's music to their ears. I'm sure they were shocked when they're like, hey, when this kid's like, "Hey, I want to commit uh, now." They're like, oh yeah, for sure, of course, right? Yeah, that's that's standard uh, with with the kind of year you have going on. Although he, he committed you know earlier than that. Um At the same time, I don't know about you, man, but in the back of my head, I think they're going to have a fight, hold on to this because I don't think they're going to have some massive on field turnaround this coming year. They'll be better, I think, just from having a regular offseason and from getting some of these dudes off the team who don't need to be on the team anymore. But I think they're going to have to fight, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to have to have a fight. I think you're going to have to sell Hunter on the rebuild, which supposedly he's a little more open to than maybe your average high-profile uh, prospect. And you know, you talk about you'll, you've yet to see everybody's tape. Well, the tape that Travis Hunter keeps putting out is nothing but ridiculous. I mean, he, I don't want to say single-handedly. That's a dumb phrase that gets thrown around. Although he does uh, do one-handed calm. catches. He does do one-handed <laughs> so catches. Yeah, he, does single, single-handedly, single-handedly. <laughs> he, he does single-handedly, uh, bring the ball in. And, uh, he, he, you know, single-handedly or two-handedly caught 11 passes for 185 yards, three touchdowns and intercepted, uh, Lowndes quarterback. As Collins Hill beat uh, Lowndes County, thirty-one to fourteen. Travis Hunter, nuts player. He, he's led Collins Hill, which again is not necessarily a football powerhouse. To uh, the state championship game against Grayson, just a nuts nuts player. Uh, fascinating to see if Florida State can hold on to him. And um, back to what we were talking about a second ago. I think the I think the sales pitch here is that you're a big part of the turnaround, and that maybe you're able to pay our uh, Hunter. And a couple high-profile kids. Maybe you're, you know, you benefit from from uh, some legacy kids who are able and willing to perhaps commit early, and you try to get as much momentum, uh, leading a charge, and and really selling everybody on this is the class that turns it around. This is the class that gives Florida State back. And Travis Hunter, being you know, if we're still doing this podcast ten years ago or ten years from now, or Florida State fans are sitting there talking about, you know, what was the moment that changed kind of the trajectory of the program? Well, you sell Travis Hunter that there's not a LaMarcus Joyner, Nigel Bradham, Jeff Luck, James Walter Jr. debate. No, it's Travis Hunter. It's the fact you got one of the 10 best kids in the country to commit to you, hold his commitment, and be the bell cow on a class that, you
1: know, served as a real catalyst and and change agent. Exactly. Um, How do we say this? I want to be very clear about this because this is, I, I don't want people to say like, oh, no cast saying this is going to happen. But if things are going to work out for Mike Norvell in a big way, this is probably the most likely way that it does happen. If that's the way I can put that. So like, if it's going to work out really well for Norvell, it probably needs to happen this way. They hold on to Hunter. They land Marvin Jones, right? They, they, they keep, uh, Nigel e. Kelly, who, by the way, if you guys haven't seen his stuff this year, Cool boy. Uh, that's
0: don't worry about it, bud. That's just a three star. No one pay any attention to that kid whatsoever. Let's just let the process play itself out and let him stay as just a run of the mill three star. Please, so we're supposed to keep that one deal. Okay, we're supposed to
1: <laughs> keep that one off the uh, the big spotlight, please. Yes, yeah. Um, I would expect his stuff, his ranking to go up. Um, a ton but I'll, 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 I'll keep that quiet for now. Yeah, that's, that's the way it works. Cause you're getting multiple impact defenders, uh, at corner and at defense end, which are our positions of, of vital need in this class. They're, they're real difference makers. Uh, Travis Hunter, somebody who's like vocal about Florida state for you on, on Twitter. Uh, maybe he inspires a couple other other folks to be as well. And, and, and you get the ball rolling, you get a couple other kids to jump on. Maybe you pull a win or two that otherwise you wouldn't have expected to pull. at uh, and then you're then you're off to the races. That that's the kind of way this this happens with, the course, full support of boosters and all all that kind of stuff, making make sure everybody is uh, organized and committed there uh, as as it needs to be. Which we'll see if they get this way. Um, certainly, I, I don't think they need to drop a whole lot of bags to to, to land the class that they just landed. But uh, if you're going to fish in, in some different waters here next year, uh, if you actually have some kids who might be in a position to say yes, you're going to need to be very committed. Certainly, committed and and uh,
0: confidently showing that uh, level of of commitment and organization uh, to all that you try to go out and uh, inspire or uh, sell on an inspired message of change. So, um, big thanks to our friends at Congruity. There, Congruity is making uh, Congruity is experiencing your business optimize. Uh, Matt Lewis has been nothing but a big asset for us. Uh, Let him be an equally big asset for your team as you try to find uh, a way to experience uh, or find as you try to find a way uh, for your business to operate at its peak uh, optimal factor. So uh, Matt Lewis can be reached at Knowles at CongruityHR.com. Again, N-O-L-E-S at CongruityHR.com or
1: 844-247-247. Forty one hundred. So, where do you want to uh, where, where do you want to take this now? Um, you know the the season is over. If she's not going to play in a bowl game, but that, I feel like that's kind of old news. Um, yeah, I, I did you so. like Mike I mean, Bobo's comments? Uh, what were those exactly? Uh, he said uh, basically that there was a, now he's the interim head coach at South Carolina. Uh, it it's hard to make your kids hate you after only like a month on the job. By the way. Like that—that's really like you're the substitute teacher. Who who hates substitute teacher? Um, he said uh, this is the SEC. Our kids don't get a vote about playing in the bowl game. If they don't want to play, they need to opt out. We're not taking a vote. Uh, literally, like maybe 16 hours later, South Carolina has, has uh, likely not to play in their bowl game. Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah, no, I hadn't seen that. It's like uh, that's unforced
1: a, errors for a thousand, Alex. A,
0: that is a large, unforced error from, uh, from Oh, Mr. Bobo. Yeah, he's, uh, like Mr. Bobo. And then he from Thomasville. I think he's from Thomasville and Kirby's from Bainbridge or whatever. It was two South Georgia kids that signed. I believe they were in the same signing class at Georgia. And, um, yeah, well, Bobo, not the first time he's put his foot in his I think mouth. he's a good coach, but I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. He's a coach. Decent coach. Yeah, I agree. Uh, always a little bit of an odd fit for him out at Colorado State, but that's a you know that's a program that does a pretty good job on trying to uh, you know take calculated risks when it comes to head coach position. But that one uh, didn't work out for them. So, um, but we have a couple questions. Uh, one of which I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much we can really go into this. One of it is if we could give any kind of more of a background as to Jennings recruitment. There'd been a couple references as to, you know, the Jacksonville area being kind of a tough place for Florida state to recruit right now. And that, uh, you know, maybe the, the well was poisoned when it came to Florida state's pursuitment of
1: Jennings. Yeah. I, I think that, um, some people who are not on FSU staff probably got involved in that recruitment as far as, uh, influence or at least, uh, Given their two cents on on why not come for state, and um, there's some thought that maybe there are some players' parents uh, on the current roster who may be transferring, uh, who uh, who were involved in that. That's kind of all I can really yeah. say because I don't have proof of that, so I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna say something's gonna get me sued.
0: Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's a it could be a challenge when things aren't going right. It could be a challenge to. Uh, overcome, uh, a, a litany of things. And, uh, you know, the transfer portal has only allowed people to leave in a more expedient manner. And, you know, maybe those that don't have the experience that they want. I don't know. It can, uh, the stories can be spread and, uh, that's a tough one, but nonetheless, you know, what happened happened and best of luck to, uh, mr jennings as he as he plies his trade there in college park maryland
1: by the way uh, i do not think that uh, uh fsu will get kevin Steele or will Muschamp, et cetera, as their defensive coordinator that that i feel like we just cleared out a whole lot of questions uh right there uh, don brown do you want to put that name in in the list as well uh, yeah i also don't think they're going to hire don brown uh to to coach the defense um Not that I don't think Don Brown's a good coach, but uh, he didn't do a very good job this year, given the the personnel that Michigan had. I think he tried to run some stuff that his team probably wasn't able to run. And that was, uh, that was difficult for there for Michigan. Uh, but so Harbaugh's in the, in the firing coordinators phase, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's where we, uh, we find ourselves with that one. And man, if there was, there was ever a job that seemed tailor fit for somebody and seemed to have an initial level of success and then, kind Of the follow up traction was just never there, and uh, that'll, that'll be interesting to see how it ends, uh, or when it ends. But it, it certainly looks like the uh, the story has kind of all been written when it comes to a Harbaugh and his time
1: in Ann Arbor. Um, you want to talk some uh, some non Florida State stuff real fast? We got more Florida State stuff. No, I was looking starting to kind of bounce around the broader college football landscape. So, here's what I was thinking, right? Obviously. Kevin Steele's attempted coup at Auburn didn't work, although part of it did because Gus got fired. Um, but Billy Napier didn't take that job because Auburn has like legitimately four coaches on their staff that they want people to keep, which is kind of a big ask, right? And uh, we'll see if Brian Harson does that or not. Um, but Billy Napier turned him down, and I'm pretty sure he turned South Carolina down. Is he going to keep turning down jobs and then maybe walk into either Texas or LSU or maybe his pick of, of either next year? Yeah, is that I what mean, he's turning it down for? Or, 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 it, what's your read on T leaves there? Yeah, I mean, I think that that
0: is a guy who is is fairly confident that uh, that he's going to land a massive job, and I I think it's uh you know it's been an interesting kind of story as far as you watch him progress his career, Florida State fans will remember the, what, 11 days he was a assistant coach or however long it was during his time here in Tallahassee. Um, but a guy who is worked under the names that you need to work under, even at ULM or at uh, Louisiana has displayed a, a level of kind of understanding how recruiting works. He's a guy that you can have an exceptional amount of confidence that it's going to work and not necessarily a guarantee there is no guarantee but of all the components that lead to picking somebody uh that's somebody that has them and he's uh you know geographically positioned there to uh kind of land i I could see him landing in any of the major powers that open up whether it be expected or unexpected uh in the next year or two but yeah no i think he's I think that's a guy who's waiting for a major, major job and has the has the resume to, uh, you know, as much as you're going to have as being a head coach at that level uh, to land one of those positions. I agree. What uh, what else we got for tonight? No, not a whole lot else. Uh, you know, I always want to thank our friends, uh, Matt Thompson and his team. I mean, they put together an absolute uh, brilliant gift card promo that uh, I see more and more of our listeners Taken advantage of, and as we'll be putting out this the day before Christmas, you know, if you need to get something uh, for a friend or you want to stock somebody's uh, stuffing or a niece, nephew, whatever else, uh, if you want to stock somebody's stuffing, nice. If you want stock to somebody stock somebody's stuffing, stock somebody's stuffing, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, last minute gift, no cast gift card is as good as you can find. You can simply go to Madison Social dot com backslash Noel cash dash gift card, or you just go to MadisonSocial.com dot com backslash and look at the hat shirt and gift card options. So thank you to Matt, thank you to his team, uh, whether it be Madison Social uh, or all of the other properties at For the Table Restaurant Group,
1: uh, we're ever so fortunate to be able to work with them and thank them for their longtime support. Absolutely, I saw a lot of folks on social media using that. That promote that that's pretty cool, man. And we we actually got a couple messages from folks who, who bought them and are going to give them to their, their kids who are going to Florida State, uh, in the fall. Or hell, if if your kids going to Florida State in the spring, give them, give them one of those gift cards as well. It's a great gift, even if you're listening to this uh, on Christmas Eve or or you know on Christmas Day or or, or day after, you can still go ahead and get those gift cards for them. That's that's awesome and absolutely help them out as uh, you know a lot of businesses are getting back on their feet and getting rolling again. So very very excited. About that, um, cool. We should probably do another one of these. I don't know, Monday night ish. Yeah, we'll be back here shortly. No bowl game just is wanted, weird, to just, man. Like, to, it's like normally we, we we fill two of these episodes with bowl game talk. Yeah, well, the whole bowl season
0: is going to be just bizarre in general. Um, and uh, yeah, not having a bowl game is, is certainly. New for us uh, as a experience well, not totally new but historically new um, and we'll uh you know we'll be back shortly, obviously not the most organized uh button up podcast here tonight, but we did want to just give you something uh to have over the holidays. It's been a little bit since we had uh, recorded. Thank you uh for your support as always as a listener, wish everybody out there a uh hope you have a fantastic holiday season, Merry Christmas. Uh, thank you from Bud and I uh, for the experience that has been uh, the ability to do the NoCast for as long as we have. And uh, we look forward to talking to you in the near future. Enjoy it, guys. Merry Christmas. This has been the NoCast. The NoCast is created and hosted by Bud Elliott and Ingram Smith, music by Judson Wright, and produced by
1: Justin Robinson. Go NOLS!